The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning, Southern Middle Tennessee. It is Monday, a cloudy Monday, but it is Monday nonetheless here at the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Headquarters on West 7th in Columbia. At least it's not a stormy Monday. Hey, music references. I like music references. It's my favorite. I'm Chris Yao. I am joined, as always, by my friend and colleague, Maurice Patton. Mo, it's uh, it's been an interesting week and weekend for the majority of our friends in the southern middle Tennessee sports area. But how was your weekend? I had an enjoyable weekend, um, Saturday in particular, Um Watch UT and basically was very lazy. Yesterday was a little bit more stressful, but um, productive. So it's a good weekend. Ready to be back behind the mic, though. I- I'm glad that you were able to relax. I I had some other things to tend to, but outside of that, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, yesterday was great and wonderful and. I, I got to, to relax a little bit yesterday, but not too much anyway. Um, tell you who didn't relax this weekend was Independence's cross-country team. <laughs> uh, they, they they got up early Saturday morning and went down to Lake Gunnersville, which is one of the most beautiful places in all of Alabama. Um, and they took on the Lake Gunnersville Invitational where our Independence Eagles cross country boys and girls teams both took first place in the event. That is a pretty good weekend. You know, you don't mind getting up for that. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to get up and you're going to go to Lake Gunnersville one, it's pretty as it is. I mean, that that's a it's a beautiful place, but might as well get a win while you're there. Might as well get a win. If we're here, we might as well win. Exactly. So, let's see. Understand that Lake Gunnersville Invitational was held on Saturday. Also being held on Saturday was probably the largest, most prestigious cross-country race of the southeastern United States, and that's the Jesse Owens Classic. And... That's also held in a beautiful area, Oakville, Alabama, just outside of Moulton in between there and West Point slash Hartzell and just off of I-65 if you are traveling south. 
while there, Connor Henson, our current player of the week, finished 15th in the boys' gold division. Now, you might say, wow, he finished 15th. <laughs> Understand, there are three divisions. There's a four divisions. There's a silver division, a bronze division, a gold division, and then some other color. Or red. Red, red division. So, yeah. Hopefully was, red doesn't mean stop. I have no idea what it means. What I will say is that Connor finished 15th in the highest division among the top runners in the entire southeastern United States. That's a pretty good finish. That's solid. He ran another sub 16 down there as well. I think it was 1556. 15.97. So um, he's. Um, Staying right around that number that his dad and coach Brady Henson want to see him at as he um, prepares for next month's state championships up at um, up in Hendersonville. Hendersonville. Yeah, I forgot the name of the park all of a sudden. But, um, yeah, up in Hendersonville. This is the time that it, with the cooler weather that you want to be kind of hitting your stride. And it's clear that Connor is doing just that, along with uh, again, you know, several, several of these kids are, are are they're the ones who are preparing for these state championships. It's not just state though; you've got you've got other races that that lead up to that. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared for each step of the way, and not just focusing on the last race you you have to be prepared for each one and it's not it's not as easy as you might think oh absolutely and and um you know while while winning is important you also just want to you know one stay healthy especially these days but two you're you're building and and it's it's not necessarily particularly for um folks like connor who have their sights set on on that ultimate go it's not necessarily mm -hmm. about winning right now but um you know putting yourself in that best situation to be able to win at the end of the year i do want to mention that it it was a as a as a team columbia academy did finish 23rd in that race but they did beat Lawrence County, Alabama High School, which is totally fine with me. As long as they did that, I'm, I'm not even mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a that, school I used to cover. That, that sounds like a long-held grudge right no, there. So. I, I'm fine with the, with, with the folks down in Moulton. Enjoy them, and, and they're great folks. I just, you know, got to be a, a – you got to promote the kids you're covering now, right? Exactly. So, you know, just a little <laughs> bit. Always, always moving up, always <laughs> moving up. But, yeah, so a really good weekend for cross-country teams, independents. Like I said, boys and girls get a win. Connor Henson finishes 15th at Jesse Owens. Former independents cross-country runner Addie Coggins. Talk about running. Uh, yeah. That girl, she led Florida State into she, – she was number four overall – and individuals, but her team, Florida State, won the Florida State Women's Cross Country Invitational, and she was the top finisher for the Seminoles. That's pretty impressive. Um, one, it's always nice to see um, 
our area kids going on and doing big things at the next level. Hashtag next level. There we go. And um, hashtag six, 615 made. That's, oh, yeah. You you love that one. I, I like that hashtag. It's really cool. I can't you know, take credit state. for it, but I do like it. it. I get a, and here recently been able to get a lot of mileage out of it as well. Man, haven't you? Yeah. So, Goodness uh, gracious. But yeah, that's um that's a great performance for her going and doing big things over in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's um it's no slouch. Yeah, she she finished fourth with a time of sixteen fifty nine point eight. So there you go. All right, let's give away a couple awards before we get to our first break. Have several things to talk about. First, we will talk about our End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. This one is an interesting <laughs> and and I had to I had to maybe a little bit pitch this one to Mo this morning. <laughs> um this is not a TASSAA sanctioned sport and it's not a sport by my definition. It is an potentially an athletic activity athletic pursuit i will say this it's the most competition it's the most relaxing of the competitions in in sports even because you know in golf you can get frustrated after one swing you know if you toss a line out and you don't get anything you're not going to be upset about it you just toss it back out right (laughs) so tyler finley and william cothran of the Mount Pleasant bass fishing team took first place at Kentucky Lake last weekend and they had a the top boat with 17.66 pounds a big fish of 4.06 so their total weight was the 1766 and they won the tournament by more than five and a half pounds. That's a lot of fish, man. Well, they had five. They they had a full they had had a full stringer there. Seventeen pounds, almost eighteen pounds of fish. That's that's averaging just about three pounds of fish. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they were hitting. Obviously, they they found them a good spot. And um, you know, Jeremy in another life used to send me those results pretty regularly and and i don't remember ever seeing that number it's a big number uh (laughs) like i said they won by five and a half pounds over a team that also had the limit of five over scott's hill so okay so let me ask you this when you hit your limit do you are you done at that point? Do you stop fishing once you hit your limit, or do you continue fishing and just turn in your five biggest fish? You, I think you have to release after that. Uh, I think you have to release your small fish, so you can keep fishing, but mm-hmm. your smallest fish, you're like, hey, I don't need you anymore. Enjoy. Throw it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. Well, I mean, it's not like they they release all of them at the end. Oh, okay. But. I mean, so no bass fish for dinner then, huh? Right. Okay. Um, so they will probably, I assume that they will be in the next tournament, which will be held October seventeenth at Percy Priest. You'd like to think they're on a roll, <laughs> defending. Yeah. Um, but congratulations, Tyler Finley and William Cothern, who take first place in the Kentucky Lake Tennessee Bass nation 
Tennessee High School Bass Nation Tournament. That's a very long It is a little name. long. Yeah. But they are the end to win life team of the week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. Let's talk about our Covenant Technology Player of the Week. And this young lady, thank you. I couldn't hear myself. Uh, that's that's much better. All right. This young lady took third in her district region. Took third in her region golf tournament last week. And is playing in the state tournament this coming week. Starting so, tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that is Junior Claudette Runk, who now joins her brother as one of our superlative winners. Alex was our Scholar Athlete of the Week a couple weeks ago. Very intelligent young man. And Claudette gets the Player of the Week honor this week, presented by Covenant Technology. And very and deserving. Very deserving. And we will um, we will have a feature coming on Ms. Runk on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Uh, before the end of the day today, and let's just say that she has reminded her brother that she's going to state this week and he's not. Mm -hmm. I bet she has. She has, yeah. And he's awfully proud of her, though. I saw a tweet, and and he was very, he's very very proud of her and and her accomplishments and and as a a good brother should be. Well, are you sure it was him and not her stealing his phone? Uh oh. Might have been. Might have been. <laughs> they seem to have a nice little sibling rivalry going. But um, Great the, kids. They yeah, really are. She was fun to talk to. She um, she finished th uh, third overall at the region tournament last week over at Greystone, which um, her coach Paul Redding had said was her favorite course. So she she pretty well enjoyed the course. Didn't enjoy the rain. Did enjoy the course clinched her second state tournament berth in three years after going as a freshman. And so, um, again, we'll have a have more to come on Claudette, but she's our um, Covenant Technology Player of the Week. Thank you. I went blank there for a second. And finally, our Scholar Athlete of the Week. We're going to keep it in uh, Mount Pleasant. And... We'll talk about junior volleyball player Maggie Hurt, who, when you talk about intelligent individuals, she is among the most intelligent that we have spoken about. Mm -hmm. in, uh, or, or at least she is biting off as much as anyone could chew in high school. And playing volleyball, man. And playing volleyball on this. top of it. She has... Look at it on the radio, guys. <laughs> She has taken honors English each of the last three years. She's currently in English three honors. Um, algebra two honors, geometry honors, biology, physical science, and chemistry honors classes. Yeah, that's a lot of honors classes. I, I don't think I took – the only honors class I took was, like, physics. It's one more than I took. Yeah. <laughs> I only took that class because I knew that – well – it was common knowledge throughout our school that if you just mentioned some kind of World War Two or something like that, that you could get the teacher off on a tangent. <laughs> and uh, let's just say that I, I I did very well in that class. So anyway, <laughs> that's funny. 
All right, that's going to do it for our Scholar Athlete of the Week. Again, Player of the Week, Team of the Week. You can find those on our website, sm-tnsports.com. They will be there by the end of the day. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some high school football. Spring Hill gets their first win of the season. And that and much more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Drop the beat, JP. <laughs> Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Once again, I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. It is t- almost the bottom of the hour, 9.28 a.m. here on WKOM 101.7 FM. Something to talk about some high school football. A big weekend for the Spring Hill Raiders as they get a 35 to nothing win over Maplewood, setting themselves up for a real shot at a playoff berth for the first time in three years. Really makes that Spring Hill-Lawrence County game in week 11 meaningful, obviously, because Lawrence County already has a COVID win over Maplewood. And given Spring Hill's schedule between here and there, that um that game is going to be decisive, I would dare say. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not saying, and I told this to JP on Friday night when in our call-in segment, I'm not saying that Spring Hill can't beat Marshall County, but I would be – very surprised if they did. Now, it's 2020, so who knows? And Marshall County could get COVID between there and there, and you, you never know. I mean... I mean, there's always an X factor. There is. And, and so, who no, knows? 2020 is as X-ish as ever. Yeah, yeah wild. Um, Spring Hill finishes up. They are, um, they've got Richland mm-hmm. this week. They've got Marshall County next week. Both those games are at home. They go to BGA, and then they finish at home against Lawrence County. So so three of their last four games are at home, but one of them is against one of the top teams in the state. Yeah, and Marshall County has proven they are as good, if not better, than even last year when they went to the quarterfinals and fell to Nolensville. They pretty much – destroyed state finalist Springfield earlier this season. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, Marshall County's pretty darn good. Um, that being said, Spring Hill had a really good game on Friday night. 
led by a very tough defense. And I mean, absolutely just in the backfield all night long, really just a good job by that defensive front to disrupt almost every play held. They, they held Maplewood to a grand total of 45 yards. And, you know, we've talked about that defense. I mean, they've done a pretty good job. Even over at Mount Juliet the week before, number seven Mount Juliet, who lost this weekend to Rossview, by the way, in a region game. But um, that Mount Juliet game did not get away from Spring Hill in a manner – that you might have thought it would when you're talking about the number seven team in 6A and a winless team in 4A on the road coming off of a two-week COVID pause. Right. And, uh, this de- and they played well at Nolensville. A couple of big plays was the only, you know, that there was a, like a 50-something a yard touchdown run and a 60-yard touchdown run. It, minus a couple of r- really big plays, that, that defense played well theirs, you know, as well so it's it's not like again and i hate to say this but if you add avery worstel to that defensive front seven this defense becomes that much better here here, and i hate having to bring that up but here's something to think about you're talking about avery worstel on defense what difference does he make on a struggling offense, though, from the tight end position? It's it's a huge difference because, unfortunately, on Friday night and last Friday, dropped passes were a big deal for Spring Hill. Uh, Luca Boylan hit receivers in the hands all night long, and they just couldn't haul them in. You know, when you have a guy like Worstel, who who is sure-handed, a big target, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. gives your quarterback a little confidence throwing the football and that makes the biggest difference in the world now it didn't really matter them throwing the football because they had a potent running game with three very good running backs as we know Landon Seacrest who had a little under 60 yards I think he had 59 yards rushing and a receiving touchdown that was just a thing of beauty by the way ran ran through the middle of the line on a play action up the seam and just Torch the defense. It, it was it was beautiful and a great throw by Boylan. Dante Prowl had a couple of rushing touchdowns on some sweep plays where he was able to get the corner. And once you get once he gets the edge, you might as well just stop running and just don't chase anymore because it's not worth it. And but between the tackles, the starting running back was a guy I had not seen to this point in the season, and that's Mac Ritchie. Ritchie. Led all rushers with 16 carries, 65 yards. Had a great night. Just kind of being the workhorse. The guy who, when you when you need three or four yards, he's going to get you three or four yards. He's going to stick his head in there and absolutely just push his way forward. You know, you kind of had that inside-outside thunder and lightning kind of thing going with Richie, who, like you said, 65 yards on 16 carries with a touchdown and Landon Seacrest with 55 yards on just six carries. So, I mean, he was able to, like you said, get the corner and, and kind of give that that explosiveness to the offense in the run game. It was, it was impressive to watch. 
It really was. And much needed. Absolutely. You know, it, it's one of those things, it's like like Ben Martin said after the game, it, when you get that monkey off your back in the middle of the season, it can be a game changer for this team, confidence-wise and that sort of thing. Now, again, like again, like I told JP on the air Friday night, this Maplewood team, at, at, at points, they didn't even know some of the kids' names. They were struggling to to get lined up properly. Had 12 men on the field a couple times. Had 10 men on the field a couple times. Just unfortunate situation that and, they're and dealing with. And it's tough. Again, this was their second game back as Metro Nashville was delayed in beginning athletic competition because of pandemic concerns. And so they lost their first game 51-6 to um, a pretty good East Nashville team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they so they they at least narrowed the margin here by ten points. <laughs> yeah, but it's just again, this was only their third week of practice. A bunch of kids apparently had transferred into Maplewood, so over the summer they had eight kids at practice, and you just you can't put in systems and that sort of thing with that situation. So it, it you know again, as much as it was Spring Hill played very well, mm-hmm. but they were also struggling, playing a struggling Maplewood team. And and you know I think you have to recognize that I I think this this is a Maplewood program that traditionally has been one of the top programs certainly in this region and perhaps in in Nashville in the mid state area. Our Sante Broom has done a great job down there for a long time, and clearly the the effects of COVID have taken their toll perhaps more so on this program than on a lot of others. But, you know, Spring Hill, you still got to take advantage of it, and they did. And they did. Absolutely. All right. So congratulations once again, Spring Hill 35, Maplewood 0, and they get their the Raiders get their first win of the season. Well done. Moving on to Franklin County Central. The Rebels get a 15 to 11 win over the Central Lions on Friday night, throwing a big old wrench in that region. Lee Maddox, play-by-play guy for Central here on WKRM 103.7, he caught up with Central's Jason Hoth. Let's see what Coach Coach Hoth had to say after the game. Head coach Jason Hoth joins us here after the game, uh, defeat against Franklin County, 15 to 11. Coach, I know that was a tough one for you to to to, to take uh, here, uh, a crucial regional game. Yeah, I mean Columbia beat Columbia tonight, and um, you know we uh, we dug ourselves in a big hole in the first half and uh, never got out of it. I mean, we played better in the second half, but um, you know we uh, we didn't we didn't make enough plays and. Um, you know, when you, when you don't move the ball well on offense, and you have three turnovers, and they capitalize when they're on offense, and just, it's not good. The turnovers really hurt in that first half. They kept you out of the end zone that whole first half, and 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 then you had, you know, unfortunately, uh, Stephen gets all the way down to the four yard line. Looks like he's going to go right into the end zone, and they they just strip the ball out. Yeah, I mean, they made a good play, and you know, fumbles are going to happen, interceptions are going to happen. You know, he's got to shake him off, but. Uh, I'm still more upset about our penalties that we're getting, and uh, that's something you know, I told our guys at halftime and after the game. If we don't fix those penalties, you know, we're going to be in this situation a lot. I mean, that's something we've got to improve on. 
Well, I know it's going to be tough. You got a week off now with the, the bye week, but you got to get things turned back around to stay in contention for for the playoffs. And the next game is a region game. Yeah, I told our guys I said, hey, we, we've dug ourselves a hole. Not just this game, but now in the region. Now we're one and two, and uh, two out of our three games that we have left are, are region games, and they're on the road. So if, if we want to see the postseason, we gotta we gotta do better. All right, coach. Sorry about that loss. Uh, good luck in that next game. Thank you. Appreciate it. So there you have it, Jason Hoth, talking about playoff hopes. And they definitely – they didn't take a a nosedive, but they certainly took a pretty big body blow with that loss to Franklin County. Now Columbia Central sits at 1-2 and two in the region, and they are tied with Lincoln County at also 1-2. and two. Page has not won a region game, but they also lost or had a no contest with Summit, which is almost it's it, you probably know if you're Page you're you're probably going to lose that game. So a no contest is almost a little better than playing <laughs> against the Spartans. That being said, this you know what did you see on Friday night? He said Columbia beat Columbia, and that that sounds like exactly what happened. Hey, that's exactly what happened. I mean, again, the article that we've got up on sm-tnsports.com kind of spells it out. But um, their first four, well, their four first half possessions, they go interception, punt on fourth and forty-two. Fourth and 42. After having a 62-yard run for a touchdown negated by a holding penalty, fourth and 42. Interception, fumble. That's fumble, a, fumble inside the five. I was about to say, that fumble was inside the five. When you're trying to get into the end zone and, and maybe trying to do a little too much, you know, little lack of ball security, struggling for the goal line, and, and not to make excuses, just stating facts. He was – trying to make a play for his team that was struggling. But for all that, Franklin County still only leads 7 nothing at the half. Yeah, that's the thing. This defense played really well. Again. The defense played well again, uh, even missing some key components, especially middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, so you have to give credit to that defense for doing their job. Unfortunately, the offense could not take advantage. And – 15-11 is not the score you would normally see in, in this particular game. It was it was odd how we got there. So, again, Franklin County leads 7-0 at the half. Um, converting the, the drive after Central punts on 4th and 42 from its own 6. Um, three plays, Franklin County scores, takes a 7-0 lead to halftime. Central takes the opening kickoff in the second half, drives down, scores. Makes it 7-6. Line up to kick the extra point. Franklin County jumps off sides. Half the distance to the goal. Central lines up to kick the extra point. Franklin County jumps off sides. Half the distance to the goal. Got to go for two at that point. Central coaching staff decides to go for two. Gets it. 8-7 Columbia Central. Franklin County comes right back down. Scores. Mm. 13-8. 13-8. They decide to go for two. Good call. Out of a fake extra point formation, they throw to the right corner of the end zone, 15-8. And then um, all Central gets from there is a 36-yard Max Patton field goal. No relation. 
for the um, every time. Love it. for the for the fifteen eleven margin that that holds up through the fourth and just just a frustrating game to watch if you're a central follower just because you you felt like you know coming out of the back to back wins over Lincoln County and Nolansville they had some momentum they had some mojo going into this ball game it's a big game obviously to try to um, solidify your playoff situation and to to go in there and and leave some stuff on the field they left some points out there obviously the 62 yard touchdown that was called back the fumble if if you get a, if you get down on the ground at that point you feel like you know first and goal inside the five with with Christian Biggers and Justin Buckman you're you're going to have a shot to to put it in the end zone there or kick a field goal I right. mean, they're, they've shown some confidence in Max Patton just getting some points at that point. You know, 7-3 seven, going into halftime and getting the ball to start the second half probably would have been huge. Yeah, absolutely. So. so, again, that puts this region into a big old mess as Franklin County has Summit this week. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see how that goes and – you know, it's Columbia Central is still in a decent spot. They're not where they would like to have been because they could have been two and one in the region and sitting in that number two spot. Instead, they're one and two tied with Lincoln County for the fourth spot. Now they've got the mm-hmm. tiebreaker over Lincoln County, but they've still got Shelbyville and Page, like we said. And as yeah, it, it's going to be wild. That being said, um, after the loss with this week coming up, the Central Lions are taking – they'll get an off week, Mm -hmm. but they're actually going to take the off week. According to Clayton Harris, I just got a text message, that the Central Lions are not practicing this week. So, fall break for sure. Now, again, Paige can't practice this week either. They're still under a COVID mandate. So, yeah, they're going to take the week off. Um, so, there you go. What, what's the line from dodgeball? Bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it works out for them. All right, when we come back, we've got a couple more high school games to talk about. We've got Richland, who got a 41-27 win over Zion, and then Huntland over Mount Pleasant. We'll talk about both of those games and a few other things when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's a 
beautiful Monday. 12 minutes to the top of the hour. Mo, let's talk a little bit about high school football. Hold oh, up a wait, minute. Wait, wait, huh? I'm not sure what your standards for beautiful are. Um, beautiful means that I am here. Okay, then. I can see it. All right. All right. It's much better than the alternative. And there we go. Then it's a beautiful Monday. You're right. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Be <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Friday night at Holcomb Field, a talk about beautiful. I, I tell you what, the Zion Christian football field has been looking rather swell lately, and the folks over there, John McDonald especially, very proud of what their field is looking like. I tell you what, they've got a nice little setup there with the football field and the concession baseball. stand slash press box mm-hmm. and then the baseball and softball fields on the other side. And, and it's pretty convenient, pretty nicely situated. They've done a really good job of setting that up and got a pretty good team on that football field. They despite do. Despite their numbers. They do. They, they, they're a pretty good football team. Uh, unfortunately, on Friday, they took a 41-27 loss to Richland. But the Raiders are pretty good, too. You can find out a lot about Richland this weekend when they go to Spring Hill. But um, that's a program coming off of a playoff appearance last year. Their first in quite some time. A lot of kids back from that team. They, they do some things offensively that are kind of tough to prepare for, and I think they kind of took advantage a little bit of an undersized and not terribly deep Zion defense this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Big night again for Austin Seals, who continues to impress. 18 carries, 125 yards for that young man, and he just it, – it's so – crazy just to watch his progression through the year uh, after that first game we weren't real sure if he was you know going to be the guy but again you have to remember that Rodgers in Alabama is a one of three a school but also just big old kids up front mm-hmm. so you know again 125 yards this week from Seals and he just continues to be the workhorse for the Raiders. 125 rushing yards, I believe, two touchdowns on the ground, and then a 95-yard kickoff return as well. So Yeah, that's not so bad. That's not too bad at all for young Mr. Seals. And again, um, the quarterback, Sam Edwards, with another big game as well. Um, yeah, 8 of 15, 116, that's not bad. Yeah, well, 15 passes pretty big deal it's uh, it is a little unusual but also you know edwards has when they run those rpos they they give them the their line does a really good job of staying not getting downfield within that three yard radius Mm -hmm. where it's funny that i mentioned that because when they played fayetteville there were a couple of passes that fayetteville had called back because they were unable to stay in that three yard so it's really important to note when the offensive line does their job on those RPOs because there's got you know if you don't hear the signal or the call that we're running you can't get upfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwards two rushing touchdowns in the second half of that ball game and one of those eight passes he completed was for 39 yards and a touchdown so you know yeah and that's typically what happens when you're playing against a team that's so predominantly run 
is when they do throw the ball, it usually goes big. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's because that's what you do. You lure them, you Mm -hmm. lure them, you lure them, and then you hit them over the top every time. Bingo. It works. You know, um, do want to give a shout-out to to Luke Perko, though. Once again, you know, did have a pick, but 18 of 33, 120 yards through the air, but 14 runs, 74 yards to lead his team in rushing. That kid is just a monster when he's got the football in his hands. You know, and we um, we finally got caught up on Zion Christian season we stats did. last week. So, um, shout out to Brad Lowry and um, Christian Br- – I, I just lost it's, – it's bad. Christian Brewer. I was about to say, it's Brewer, right? Yeah. You, you almost said it, but yeah. I was like, did you stop and it's not Brewer? Maybe no. I was wrong. No, it's big, big shout out to the um, Zion coaching staff for, for helping us get these numbers up. Um, but Perko, we're going to be posting stats for the area later today. He is number two in the area in both passing and rushing. 865 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, five picks. 628 rushing yards, four touchdowns. So that's what, 17 touchdowns and nearly 1,500 offensive yards. Not bad. Not bad. So Zion is off Yes, they're this off this weekend. Week. They play at Mount Pleasant in two weeks. Should be another big match. That'll be a good game. They're really excited. Lots of teams off this week. It is fall break. Mm-hmm. So we th- I think we have four local games this week. Correct. I think Columbia Academy returns to action finally. They go to Trinity Christian. Then you've got, I believe, Mount Pleasant is playing Loretta, At home against Loretta. Loretta. Mm-hmm. And then Richland and Spring Hill mm-hmm. will take – They'll, they'll they'll play each other on Friday at Spring Hill, and then of course Summit and Franklin County at Franklin County. Correct. So those are the the matchups this week. Speaking of Mount Pleasant, let's talk about their game. Uh, unfortunately, a forty was it forty one seven forty one seventeen forty one seventeen to yeah. um to Huntland end. Region 5-1A play, and um, big game out of Xavier Davidson, 14 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown, but that was pretty much the bright spot for Mount Pleasant. Yeah, defensively, they just had a – they struggled to contain the Hornets' rushing offense, gave up 473 yards on the ground, and that's – it's not a recipe for success – for anybody yeah that's 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 a lot of yards mount pleasant though respectfully 235 yards on the ground oh yeah no no question they 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 played very well on on the offensive side but again you know when you give up when when the other team's running 45 plays and you run 35 it's obvious that your offense isn't getting it done either on third down or something Mm, like that right so it, you know, again, and unfortunately, with having having to throw the ball once you get down twenty eight to seven at halftime, and and Mount Pleasant is not built. For th- that. They're not built to throw the football. So, yeah, it was a a tough tough break for the Tigers, but 
you have to respect the fact that they have continued to play through a lot of adversity this season. They've had several players. Last week they were down 13 uh, due to COVID, and it's just continued to be an, a problem mm-hmm. for this team, especially on that offensive line. They've they've had a, a makeshift offensive line pretty much the entire season. Yeah, and um, I'm sure they still had some folks out on um, – Friday night, have not had a chance to check in with um, Bronson Bradley, but got the impression coming out of McEwen that he wasn't sure how many of those kids were going to be back for this game. And I think it showed up more on defense, particularly um, Huntland had two kids that each rushed for nearly 200 yards in that game. So Here's the thing. We're talking about a Mount Pleasant team that currently sits in – a precarious situation as far as their playoff hopes are concerned, and here's why. You, While you are sitting winless on the year at this particular point, you've, you know, you've still got more county left, and it's... If you can get a win over Moore County... Right, mm-hmm. and get some help. Get some help because Moore County still has to play Huntland as well. I mean, um, Richland as well. So, in another battle, actually, in actually, another battle of the Raiders. Here's the thing: Moore <laughs> County has Huntland, Richland, and Mount Pleasant. If if Moore County gets uh, gets beat in those two games, and you get a win, you're tied with them. And you've got the tiebreaker. And you've got the tiebreaker. So you're not out of this if you're Mount Pleasant. And here's the best part about it. It's the last game of the year. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about an opportunity to, even though you've you've struggled, (laughs) if you can get healthy by the end of the year and get a little bit of help, you may be playing for a playoff spot even despite all of the other issues that have come along so so you're saying there's a chance there is a chance and 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 you have to play for pride at this point too mm-hmm. i mean you've got loretto you've got zion and it, i mean it's it's really you know you got eagleville too mm-hmm. but loretto and zion especially are some bragging right type games oh definitely i mean both those are games that you know the loretto series is one that has gone for quite some time with mount pleasant and Obviously, this is Ion Christian game in two weeks. That's a game that they played for the first time in a long time last year, and that that community was really excited about it because, you know, those folks talk about bragging rights. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one. they're within shouting distance of each other. Uh, literally, they a lot of them go to church together, that kind of thing. It's a pretty big deal. They were really excited to play that game last year, and this one should be a good one in a, a week from Friday. That's right. All right, it's the top of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk to Chip Walters, the voice of the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care. 
Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is the 10 o'clock hour on Monday, and that means it's time to visit with our friend, voice of the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders, Mr. Chip Walters. Chip, welcome in. Hey, boys. How are y'all? We're good. How about you? Yeah, good, and we're and we're like in high fidelity with each other today. That's awesome. It, it's it's going to be great. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Now, this is a new option for us, something a little different. So we're 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 hopeful. We're feeling good, and we're we're going to keep it going. Chip Walters is brought to you each week by the law office of Blake Kelly. Serving the listening area in accident injury law, call Blake at 615-305-4539 or visit his page on Facebook or Instagram. Chip, another tough loss for your Raiders. Boy, you know, and uh, a lot of us have ties there, and, and yeah, it was. It was a 70th meeting between Middle and Western, and, you know, you, you go back and you look at the stat book and the team numbers from – from uh, from that game the other day, it was very very even across the board. Uh, everything from first down, first downs, total yards, uh, you know, you name it. Passing was similar, rushing was similar. Uh, you know, Asher O'Hara had a had another good day, threw for over two hundred, rushed for just under a hundred. But you know, middle is not at a point right now where they can make a mistake and or two. And, and and expect to win. It was two very evenly matched teams, I thought. And I think most everybody who left there felt the same way. But, you know, you, you had a mistake on a field goal, got it blocked, uh, guy came clean. There's three points off the board that could have tied it. Uh, I mean, this was early on, but still the, the whole trajectory of the game changes. And then for the third time this year, you had a uh, – you had a touchdown taken off the board. Uh, there were two in the Troy game that came off the board due to defensive penalties. This was an offensive penalty that uh, that took a touchdown pass off the board. So there's ten points that by because of two small mistakes you don't have, and and so you know those type of errors will get you in trouble every time and uh you know middle took better care of the ball but you know but those two mistakes right there potentially made a huge difference in the game you know chip you you said that a lot of us have ties and um now that middle is playing fbs ball and they and western kentucky are in conference usa together and and some of us go back to other conferences and other rivalries 
Who do we hate losing to more, Western Kentucky or Tennessee Tech? Back in the day. Oh, you know, I, 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 I think, you know, it's it's all about time and place. I think, uh, Mo, and uh, and you know, I, I think right now it's it's Western Kentucky. Uh, simply, I, I just think there's there seems to be a lot riding on the line. Typically. This may not be the year, you know, for for both, mm-hmm. but uh, but typically, I, I just I think there is, um, uh, and, 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 uh, and I think part of it has to do with where we are in in time because there's so much more back and forth and easier mm-hmm. ways to you know uh, for for each side to gig each other a little bit more that kind of thing where. You know, in, in back in our day, you know, it was covered wagon, and they, they had to, you know, call the, you know, they had to take a, you know, by horse and buggy, take the a letter up there if you wanted to talk smack. That's how you did it. But, and, uh, but there aren't the raids on campuses anymore like there were back in the, in the eighties, which I may or may not have been part of some of those. But uh, to Cookville, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I just, I, I think there's a, you know, the, the. Just the way people are, I think, here in the 21st century has has jacked up this rivalry. Although we don't have the, the uh, a, a a trophy to play for, it does have the snappy name, and uh, and uh, and it and it gets listed really uh, because I think because of the moniker that it's been given, the hundred mile 100 miles of hate, or as I, I just call it, the hundred mile rivalry. Hmm. Uh, I'm not I'm not about I'm not about no hating, and. Uh, but you know when you see lists of you know great rivalries in college sports or whatever it now gets listed so i I think you know it's gotten picked up outside of our own area a little bit no hateration holleration (laughs) that's right um chip i think with western coming in winless as were the blue raiders and as you mentioned the 10 points that were lost in a three-point decision it, it seems like the frustration with this loss amongst various factions in the fan base is a little bit more than than the previous ones to Army, Troy, and um, UTSA. Is that Has that been your read over the last 36 to 48 hours? I, I would I would say you're probably right. And, and, and again, I think a lot of that goes back to you know who it was to and like you said both teams were winless and and you know and you have to tip your hat to to western with their game plan i thought they did a you know they did a really good job they were able to put together four double digit play drives to get their four scores uh and one of them was an 11 play 30 yard drive how do you how do you <laughs> how do you how do you get 11 plays in 30 yards, but but they had an 11 play drive, a 13 play drive, and two 14 play drives for their for their scores. And you know, and, and as a defense, you you always hear defensive coordinators say, "Hey, just keep make them make them snap it another time. They'll make a mistake somewhere along the way." And to their credit, they did not. Chip, you mentioned that, especially when you're talking about a guy like Ty Pigram, who has the ability to extend plays and extend drives with his legs and his arm how difficult was it watching Ty do or as we affectionately call him in 
the Birmingham area, Piggy T. Um, how difficult is it to watch him make those plays and just kind of break that defense down? Oh yeah, you know, I mean we've seen it with with our own. I mean, sure, we've seen we've seen uh, Asher do it. We've seen, uh, you know. Uh, you know, and uh, he reminded me a whole lot of Dwight Dasher. Uh, by the way, he 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 handled things back there, and the thing that I was most impressed with with him was how calm his feet were. Uh, I mean, he would take his drop, three steps, whatever, if, on on a pass play, and 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 his feet were just totally calm. Then he was he didn't have the happy feet bouncing around. But then when he made a decision, whether it was going to throw the football or whether he was going to run with it, uh, I mean, that next move, whether it was the, the release or whether it was sticking a foot in the ground and going somewhere came very, very quickly. And, 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 and yeah, because sometimes you swipe at air when a guy does that. And he's, he's got that uh, either what you've already called the little shimmy shake or the shaky leg mm-hmm. or whatever. But he has that ability to, you know, to 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 have that kind of dead leg a little bit, and you think you're going to get him, but he's able to change directions, and and uh, he, he really has. To me, it seemed like he he had a very good feel of what he could do, and did not try to do a whole lot of things that he could not do, and and also, I mean, and, and that goes to their coaching staff as well for you know, for putting him in good positions to be successful. Yeah, and being a, uh, is a th- I think he's a fifth-year senior. He's a grad transfer either way. Mm-hmm. Grad transfer from Maryland. Yeah, and interestingly, Scott Schaefer, who's our defensive coordinator, uh, was at Maryland uh, for a short period of time and, and got to know Piggy, and, and, that's, and that's exactly what he calls him. And, uh, you know, when I talked to him last week before the game, you know, Schaefer said, you know, how impressed he was with him not only as a player, but talking about what a, a really nice kid he is. Speaking with Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders, um, segment sponsored by the law office, Blake Kelly. Um, Chip, what positive do you feel like comes out of this game as you get ready to travel down to Florida International? Well, I mean, I think you have to look at certain things that, that have kind of been there, like, you know, Asher O'Hara continues to – you know, our, our, our pal Mike Oregon covered the game the other day for uh, for, for the newspaper, and you know, and, and the headline that was on his you know on his story was, you know, Blue Raiders drop decision, and after another outstanding performance, you don't want to waste good performances by by uh, you know by your quarterback. Uh, I think you know. I, I still, I still think this defense is better than advertised. I mean, they gave up twenty, and in today's world of college football, that should be good enough to win. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, I think you, you, you take a, uh, you go forward with that. You did not, you know, turn the football over. Uh, you didn't have that big problem. Uh, so uh, you continue to see development from Jaron Pierce and Yusuf Ali in the receiving core. The the one thing that continues to be the head scratcher is is the traditional running game uh, with the running backs. You know, at UTSA had a great night, rushed for nearly 200 yards, uh, and then the other day you had Asher with uh, with 94 yards, I think, and then the other two running backs that that ran the ball 
had a combined total of six. So you, you can't have that. You've got to be able to, to, to make people stay honest uh, on, on the run game outside of what they do right now. They're able to, you know, just, you know, cover receivers man to man like Western did the other day. And then everybody else, you know, just, you know, take your chances of, of, of trying to keep O'Hara hemmed in. Florida International 0-1 going into that matchup. Their only other game was a 36-34 loss on September 26th. So I guess that was last Two weeks Saturday. Ago. Yeah, yeah, at Liberty. Right. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, you look at them. Uh, Butch Davis is the head coach down there. Um, <laughs> they. I mean, if you want to compare scores and and extrapolate whatever you want to from that, mm-hmm. they went to Liberty, lost by two. Western played Liberty at home and lost by six. So, uh, you know, Butch has, will always have an offense that's a pro style. They don't run the spread. They run a, they, they, a lot of times will run two backs. Uh, they have a, a pretty good quarterback. Their backup quarterback, by the way, uh, was, uh, played for J- Stone Norton that played for Jonathan Quinn. Mm, yeah. Davidson. Uh, yeah. He's the backup down there. And, uh, and, and they have a couple of other Nashville area kids on their roster, but uh, they FIU never has a shortage of athletes as they basically could stay in a three county area uh, from the, yeah. where their campus is and, and get pretty much anything and everything they need. So middle put 50 on them last year and in, in winning in Murfreesboro, I'm sure Butch will uh, remind his team of that this year. Uh, you know, we're going to play an afternoon game in Miami, which it's supposed to be, you know, if the, you know, right now I checked the forecast last night, it's going to be 85 and hot at three o'clock Saturday afternoon, but chances are, you know, we'll have some rain blow Mm -hmm. in at some point and, and the middle's had good success down there. So, and has had overall good success against FIU. But this team right now, uh, you know, they don't need to hurt themselves. They and, and, I, and really, I don't think they need to worry a whole lot about FIU. I think they right. just need to continue to get themselves better as uh, they travel to Florida this week. You know, um, off the field, this past weekend was homecoming, and things were a little different, were they yeah. not? <laughs> they were, and uh, I, I was – fortunate to be part of that one of the big events as you well know in no tailgating that's been taken away and of course it was beautiful the campus has never looked better and and you know and you're just, you know people are you know chomping at the bit to do that the other thing is the is the parade the parade the homecoming parade at middle is through downtown, down East Main, and on Middle Tennessee Boulevard is always a, a big event. Several years ago, we uh, I was asked to be part of, uh, you know, a group that came out and they put up the big PA systems and we and we uh, we do parade commentary, and and it's become a big gathering spot. Well, this year they didn't have the parade per se, but they had a virtual parade that was on on uh that was video on facebook and youtube and on the university's tv channel and uh and i had the the fellow who is from murfreesboro he happens to be the narrator 
on the show Swamp People. His name is Pat Duke. He was my co-host, and we did what they called a shoebox parade. We had over 60 shoebox floats from all over the country from alums that you know made their little float with their kids and took pictures sent them in the band had band performances you know talked with dr mcphee you know coach mcdevitt coach insel other coaches things along the way and, and had about an hour and a half tv show uh that made it a little bit different and you know it's kind of one of those things they they stumbled onto and had a really good idea and it got great And, and so they, um, you know, I, I think that may be something that might stick around in addition <laughs> to the regular, in addition to the regular, uh, parade. Man, that's really cool. That's a great idea. If there is yeah, any, go ahead, find, go ahead and find it. I think I put it on my, on my Facebook page. You can check a little bit of that out. It was, it was pretty neat. If there's any positives about an 0-4 start for Middle Tennessee State, it is that the last time they went 0-4 was in 2007, and they won five of their next six games, posting a 5-7 and record. And this year, every team is bowl eligible, so who knows? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chip Walters, once again, thanks so much for joining us. He's here every Monday, brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. That's Kelly with a E-Y. Serving the listening area in accident and injury law, call Blake at 615-305-4539 or visit his page on Facebook or Instagram. Chip, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you. And when we... Yep. I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of some additional college football action. Had a lot of big games over the weekend and some predictions that we had on Friday that came true. And uh, we'll talk about all that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Just about the bottom of the hour, 1028 here in Columbia, Tennessee, and it is nice and cool outside. If you like fall weather, get out today. It's going to be great. Mo, we just talked a little bit about MTSU, so we'll, we'll stay in the Conference USA for just a few minutes as – um over the on Saturday UTSA Texas San Antonio the team that defeated MTSU last week 3735 um they went to Birmingham and in one of the coolest new traditions in college football I have to give credit to 
UAB and what they do because every year UAB plays a one game called um, it's, it's for Children's Harbor and it's the only game of the year where UAB says they play for the name on the back of the jersey instead of the one on the front because they use patients from Children's Harbor. They put their names on the backs of the jerseys. Oh, wow. And it's it, it's really cool. Uh, a, a very neat tradition. And well done to UAB for continuing that. They've been doing it since the return, which was 2016. 17? 17, yeah. Anyway, this is <laughs> they've been doing it every year since they returned from their hiatus. hiatus. <laughs> and they get a 21-13 win over the Roadrunners, uh, making UAB three and one on the year, dropping UTSA to three and one. I do want to give a shout out to <laughs> former independence punter. Kyle Greenwell, who aided a scoring drive for the Blazers by <laughs> embellishing. Maybe. I, I don't know. Long story short, you can see the video on our Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports, but Greenwell punts a Roadrunner defender dives trying to block it, and it there was really nowhere for Greenwell to go. He couldn't, you know how punters have that little hop at the end. There was nowhere to hop because there was a player there. So he had to do something and he kind of did a pirouette into the ground and it drew a personal foul flag for running into the kicker and the plant leg. And the plant leg is an automatic 15 yard personal foul call which, again, aided a scoring drive for the Blazers. But, hey, well done, Kyle Greenwell, for doing what needed to be done to help his team. Offense, defense, special teams, right? It's all one team working together. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm not sure that the level of contact <laughs> rose to the, the manner – the, the post-contact activity of Mr. Greenwell, but, hey, well played, sir. Well played. Well, I, I, absolutely. If he, if he wins an Oscar, I won't, I won't be surprised. Um, <laughs> anyway, so let's talk a little bit about local college clo- sports. A little closer to home. A little closer to home. Um, Ty Chandler. Speaking of 615 615 made, made, there you go. Uh, He helped the Tennessee Volunteers to a big win over Missouri on Saturday. He, along with Eric Gray, had massive uh, massive games in in their rushing attack, but I'm not so sure it had as much to do with Gray and Chandler as it did with those four or five-star offensive linemen they've got, including Cade Mays and Trey Smith. Including Cade Mays. That's right. In his big orange debut. And my boy from Northeast Alabama, Jeremy Pruitt, had great things to say about that offensive line. Let's hear what he had to say after the game. More than 230 yards on the ground. Why were you able to be so effective running the football today? Well, we... 
we, we uh, had positive plays on first down, um, you know, had a lot of efficient runs there and created a few plays in the passing game. So, uh, you know, but we didn't sustain like we need to. So we, we've got to do a much better job. You get Cade Mays and his first start. Wanye Morris back for you. I know you weren't happy at halftime, but what impressed you the most about that offensive line play today? Well, we obviously, uh, we done some things pretty well up front to be able to do that. These guys stacked the box, uh, you know, but again, we, we've got to finish some guys off a little better and sustain drives. I know the road doesn't get any easier. Georgia next week, what do you take from this performance as you look ahead to next week? Well, we've got to improve. We got to keep. We got to have the attitude to come to work uh, every single day, and guys work hard to improve to get better at their position. Thank you, Coach. Congrats. Thank you. Big win for the Big Orange. And on uh, speaking of that offensive line, on that Eric Gray, as you tweeted, house call from about twenty ish yards out, the wedge block. From that offensive line, just is at if if you've not seen the still shot from Eric Gray's touchdown run, where four of the five offensive linemen for Tennessee are just in an absolute, a literal hip to hip wedge, <laughs> just blowing everybody from Missouri out of that of the hole, and then the one kick out block, he makes a guy miss, and he's he's gone. <laughs> I think the thing that I took with me from Saturday, though, was after after that interview with Jeremy Pruitt, one of the guys back in the ESPN or SEC studio said, I love it when SEC coaches have SEC accents. I was just thinking that. I was like, you know, he sounds like he's from Northeast Alabama, too, up there on Sand Mountain, can't beat it. <laughs> Rainsville, Alabama's own. I'll tell you, again – it's it's MTSU really, defensive back Jeremy Pruitt for a quick minute. Hey, he was a he was a, um, a quarterback and defensive back for the Fife Red Devils, and they are he he actually started that dynasty back in the early nineties. So uh, Jeremy is after his you know he he recently just got the, the extension mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. We could talk all day about the level this program has gotten to under Jeremy Pruitt in a short time in such a, well, here's the thing is the talent was always there. <laughs> it was there. Um, Sands. And, and here's the thing about, you know, even Jarrett Garantano, as we talked about last week, whether you get good, good JG or bad JG <laughs> this week was good JG. He had a couple of fantastic throws. One specifically that I mentioned uh, on on Twitter and then just and then one right after that. I know it was they were back to back. You could tell that he was just having a good day. But again, it's easy to have a good day when you're not worried about whether or not you're going to get hit in the face. <laughs> and with that offensive line and the way they were playing, that was not a worry. He had he had great things to say about the offensive line. Matter of fact, let's see what he had to say. Two yards of total offense. What'd you see out there? Offensive line, we, we set the tone early with our run game, and Eric, Ty, they did a, a great job. Jabari got in there, got a few snaps, but there's a lot going on with the uh, younger guys, too, being able to get involved in the pass game. And all around, I thought our offense was moving well. I mean, we had, I think, nine, ten possessions, and we were able to score six of them at least or getting close to it. So I thought we had a good performance overall, and there's a lot to uh, learn from, obviously, and we got to get better, though. 
Cade Mays with his first start on that line. What did you see that impressed you out of him today? I definitely enjoy him in orange way better than that red and black. But uh, <laughs> just having him and Coop out there, they're tone setters and they're great players. And obviously Cade's a big addition to us. And I'm just happy that he was able to get cleared and play. Hey, you talk about that red and black. That's who you get to see next week. What do you take from this performance and this game as you look ahead? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that we got to get better at. I mean, I got to go analyze myself and get better. But um, that red and black's playing tonight, and I get a, I get a nice little off night tonight. Go watch them and analyze what they're doing, and they have a good game coming up too. Jared, congratulations. So yeah, again, good JG behind a great offensive line, and that makes a big difference from all points. Gonna have to have good JG between the hedges though too. I'm excited for that one. Uh, one of my best friends on on Twitter, he said, you know, I hope he said you're one of my favorite people on here, but uh, I hope that <laughs> that you're so frustrated next week you want to fire Pruitt. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think anything's going to make me want to fire that guy right now. But as SEC accented as Jeremy Pruitt is, <laughs> Jarrett Garantano is not much less. So. <laughs> it's pretty funny to listen. But I'll tell you, you know, Joyzy, this this Tennessee team is exactly where you expect them to be and here's again we're looking way ahead when i say this because again you've got georgia this week and you've got alabama in two weeks and in the middle of that you have um i forgot who it was anyway you've got alabama and georgia within a span of three weeks (laughs) and whoever's in the middle it really doesn't matter um you know it's just a situation where you Kentucky, ooh, again. Trap game? Well, I don't know. Kentucky's really good. So, three of the uh, all three of your next three games are very difficult games. You've got – they're all rivalries. And then you've got Arkansas on the back end of that, which had a great weekend. They had a great weekend. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great things you can say about the Tennessee team, and, and they do have to take care of business, you know, over the next couple of weeks. But as I was mentioning to my Georgia friend, in the darkest days of Tennessee football, Georgia struggled to beat them. And I mean the darkest of darkest days when Georgia was sitting at, you know, in the top five of the country, top 12. And in 2011, they beat Tennessee 2012. The next year, (laughs) number five, Georgia 51, Tennessee 44. Next year, number six, Georgia, 34, Tennessee, 31 in overtime. The next year, number 12, Georgia, 35, Tennessee, 32 in 2014, back when Orange Britches was still coaching. So understand that this rivalry, and then, of course, the next two years, Tennessee actually won. Uh, they won in 15 and 16. So, And, and that's why Georgia was going on to play in New Year's Six bowl games pretty much so this rivalry has nothing to do with anything more than when those two teams play throw the record out it's going to be a barn burner enjoy it and watch it but of those four games that i just showed you that i just told told you about todd grantham was the defensive coordinator at georgia well guess where todd grantham is now florida Ah. ah yeah so ah. anyway, just throwing that out there for you Tennessee fans to think about. I'm not saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. saying. <laughs> anyway, so again, great win by Tennessee. 
fantastic job by the offensive line. 35 points by the offense Mm -hmm. is something we have wanted to see for a very long time, and they took complete advantage. So there you go. Big win. All right. It is 41 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock, and we are going to come back and we'll talk a little bit about what we expect from the rest of the Southeastern Conference and tell you also what to expect tonight in high school sports. If you are in the area and want to see some high school athletics, we have the full schedule for you coming up in the last segment. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Just want to throw out, um, we we didn't go over our high school picks, and we'll go over that at the end of the show. But we did make a, a prediction on <laughs> Friday's show about a Southeastern Conference game that, if you wanted to watch the was it the Ole Miss game? I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That you, you would be able to. That you'd be able to because 30 minutes after the start of the Alabama-Texas C&M game, that one would be over, and we were right. <laughs> can we just – can we go ahead and say it? Texas A&M is not good. Yeah. At some point, we have to stop pretending that Texas A&M is good. And the thing about that is Florida State is not good either. And what hey, is hey, the hey, trend hey, 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 you say, uh, I'm just kidding. No, you're Florida not. State Go got a, Florida State got a big win this weekend <laughs> over a very, very tough team at Jacksonville State. I'm just saying, At I, I, texted, I texted Mo at halftime, or just before just halftime. Just before halftime. Of that game, it's 21 to 7. No, actually, you texted me at 14 7. At 14 7, and said, What if this holds up? I said, I would be insufferable if Jacksonville State was to beat Florida State. As opposed to what he is any other time. (laughs) That's that's actually not inaccurate. So, anyway, um, yeah, you're right. Jimbo Fisher, the only time he's been good has been when he had Jameis Winston at the helm. And say what you will about Jameis Winston, but pretty good football player and quarterback, won a national championship. And I'll tell you what, here's here's the thing. Look, Jimbo Fisher is smart. Hmm. You take what you can get when you can get it. Sell high. And he did. Ten years. 
So there you go. I mean, look, Texas A&M will probably get better. Kellen Mond is not good, and that's a big deal. But here's the deal, though, for me. Show me the difference between Jimbo Fisher and Willie Taggart. Show me the difference between Jimbo Fisher and Kevin Sumlin. Well, the and, difference, other than the obvious, but the I mean, difference between Kevin Sumlin and and Jimbo Fisher is um, Kevin Sumlin's winning at Arizona. <laughs> so there's that. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, that is the Pac-12. So eh, who knows? Anyway, listen. I get you're in the you're in the SEC West, man. It's tough. It's it's the best division in all of sports, as far as. I'm not saying that the SEC West could beat the NFC West. What I'm saying is, from top to bottom, it's the best division in sports. And and the tweet that might have spelled that out as much as anything was that in the span of eight days, Mississippi State ended the longest winning streak in the country and ended the longest, longest losing, losing streak, streak in the SEC. That's insane. <laughs> so it just goes to show – I get it. But right now, two years in, and we're two years in, they're just not good enough to be ranked number 13 in the country. Tried to tell you this two weeks ago. <laughs> but again, this is the weirdest thing ever. The, a, the a, AP poll in college is so different from the one that we have in high school because if you lose to anybody in high school, you're out. You're out. But if you, you know, you lose in. in It'll be interesting or to Or you see beat how- Vandy 1912. 17-12, and, and you stay number 13. It'll be interesting to see how far they fall after this 52-24 loss, Joe. Well, I, it needs to be to number also receiving votes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever number that, that is. That's not a number. <laughs> Speaking of Vanderbilt. Yes, I was just about to say, we had a segue. We did it. Yeah. We segued. Um 21-7 late in the second quarter, getting ready to go in and score. Suddenly don't against LSU and don't the rest of the night 41-7 LSU final so whether that Texas A&M performance was more Texas A&M related or more Vanderbilt related I'm still not necessarily sure maybe it was on Texas A&M I think it I think it a lot of it was that being said I think LSU came out in this game in the first half obviously you could tell that Vanderbilt is having some depth issues in the second half. Uh, LSU much better on the back end there. It was interesting. They um they talked during the game about Jacoby Stevens, former Oakland standout, who is now the um, safety for LSU and one of the few guys back from that defense from last year. And, and they were talking about how he was basically overlooked because of all the talent that was over there last year. This guy's going to get drafted next spring. But um, he said after the Texas A&M game, he put the defense on punishment. This, we're not watching any Monday night football. We're not watching any NFL football. All we're doing, we're not playing any PlayStation. All we're doing is watching Vanderbilt this week. Well, that worked out. It well. did work out. Maybe they should do that more often. Yeah, great job from LSU. Again, Vandy has a lot of players that are opting out due to COVID, and that's understandable completely. So, But they had some guys that made some plays in the first half. They're not a bad football team. They're, again, they're just a, they're, the depth issue. They're and a little thin compared to, to the, the people that they're going to be playing against. 
Right. And, and I mean, but Javion Marlowe, great job by him. Ran for 80-something yards in the game. Um, I mean, he had 83 yards on 17 carries. Cam Johnson made some Cam plays Johnson the made some big plays in the passing game. So, you know, Vanderbilt has a lot of positives to look forward to. Again, this is a team that is – they have to get back to – full strength depth wise this was not the year for them to play an all sec schedule though no it's it's kind of the timing of that's a little unfortunate for them it certainly is all right so i got one more thing to mention before we get back to uh, the high school schedule and going over our picks from friday Mm -hmm. you retweeted this and i thought it was probably one of the greatest statistics in the history of all of sports uh, and it is has a local tie to our friends here in Spring Hill. C.J. Bethard, hmm. who came into the Eagles 49ers game last night with five minutes and 42 seconds remaining to go in the game. 5.42 in the game. Less than six minutes. He completed 14 of 19 passes for 138 yards in less than six less minutes. Than six minutes. That's a pace of 200 pass attempts, 147 completions, 1,452 yards for an entire game. All of those which would be NFL records. Um, I don't think he could throw 200 a game, but hey, who knows? Uh, he was on pace for it anyway. Sure. So, big, big shout out to the Bethards. Uh, we, we love you guys out in Spring Hill. And ironically coincidentally however you care to put it it was right around the birthday of his late brother clayton who was um tragically violently killed in nashville over the christmas holidays last year so his birthday would have been i think saturday maybe yeah. And so he, he comes off the bench, and it makes you wonder why Nick Mullins even got the start to begin with. But that's neither here nor there. So that's really odd, by the way. Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, both of which I have loose ties to because Nick Mullins played at so Spring the, Hill High School. I'm sorry, at Spain Park High School uh, in, okay. uh, in, in Birmingham, Birmingham and Hoover. So, yeah. Anyway, that's really odd. He also played at Auburn briefly um we got a few minutes left on this monday edition of southern middle tennessee sports today and we want to go over a couple of things one our picks from last week both maurice and i with the three and one finish and as i mentioned on the show thursday i picked columbia central to win and they obliged me with another loss when I did that. So I don't pick Columbia Central anymore because when I do, they lose, and when I don't, they win. So I'm sure Lions fans will be happy to hear I will not be taking the Lions from here on out. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get them in the playoffs. There you go. But so, yeah, 3-1, yeah, and one, not not a bad week. Uh, we both had Richland w- over Zion. We both had uh, Spring Hill over Maplewood. And we both had uh, Huntland over Mount Pleasant. Right. 
So there you go, three and one. And finally, before we let you go, tonight in sports, plenty of volleyball to see. What have we got? Over at Community, we've got the District 6 tournament, uh, 6A tournament. We've got um, Kalioka playing Eagle Bowl at 6 o'clock in a semifinal there. At Collinwood in the District 11A tournament, we've got quarterfinals tonight. Hampshire takes on Collinwood at 5, Perry County versus Loretto at 6, Mount Pleasant versus Lewis County at 7. That will continue tomorrow night with semifinals and finals. Uh, the District 9 AA tournament at Nolansville. We've got Spring Hill playing the host Lady Knights at four in one semifinal. Lady Knights. <laughs> Lady Knights. Knight S? I don't know. Um, Lawrence County plays Murfreesboro Central at 530, and the championship will follow at seven um, in one quarterfinal at the District 12 AAA tournament at Ravenwood. You'll have Independence playing Franklin at seven. So... Lots of volleyball tonight. Get out and see some. That's right. Wear and a mask. Please wear a mask because these kids need to keep playing, and that's the best way to keep them doing so. Before we get on the air tomorrow, the Summit Girls will, will tee off at the Large Class State Golf Championship at Willowbrook in Manchester. Specifically, Claudette Runk will yeah. tee off. Yeah, Claudette Runk will tee off, and big uh, – Big week for her. Really excited. She is our Covenant Technology Player of the Week this mm-hmm. week. So excited for her. And, again, that's at 8 a.m. She'll, she'll tee off sometime at around that time tomorrow. So make sure that you are out and about. If you want to support high school sports tonight, you can do so. Plenty of volleyball action to be had. Tomorrow we will have Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald in the first hour. We'll talk to him about Williamson County football and lots more. We will talk about, obviously, these volleyball results. And and what's on tap for tomorrow. What's on tap for tomorrow, which is plenty of stuff again. So really excited. Got a big week planned. Hope that you guys will join us. You know, we'll be talking about some Braves tomorrow. That's right. Well. We will talk about, be talking about the Atlanta Braves as they play the Miami Marlins and attempt to end the Marlins season for the first time in the postseason ever that didn't end with a World Series championship. Unreal. Uh, Yeah, they've never lost a playoff series, so hopefully that ends this week. Anyway, we appreciate you guys being here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Again, we will be back tomorrow, 9 a.m., right here on WKOM FM 1017. We'll see you on the flip side.